just before we get into what was a very, very enjoyable debate, and sorry it's so late in the day, about 10 o'clock uh, BST here on the 30th of April, uh, just wanted to say a massive thank you on behalf of ASP and Lualua to Index Gain, who are obviously famous Figcast uh, podcast sponsors and amazing third-party data providers for allowing them to use their data, particularly the game-winning goal, which is one of the most difficult stats to find anywhere online. And without them... Their amazing report would just not have been possible. So quick shout out to Index Gain. Welcome back to the Figcast Extra, episode 13. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Sporting Panda. How's it going, mate? Very good, very good. How are you? Good? Not too bad, not too bad. I've, gov- I've gotten over my uh, wisdom tooth infection, yeah. which was uh, really bugging me this time last yeah. week. Antibiotics, obviously, have kicked oh, They, uh, they did very well. Thank yeah. you very much to uh, Index Gomesh Ali for essentially saving my life and podcast career, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you something random as well, really quickly. Um, true, true story. <laughs> Just before we get into what will yeah, be, we, no yeah. doubt, a very uh, yeah. deep, deep discussion and debate. I bought a water flosser this week. What's that? Uh, essentially, you can string floss or you can use a water flosser and it spurts out high pressure water in between your teeth. What the Good hell? for oral hygiene. Yeah, got it from John Lewis, yeah. Does it work? Well, I only started using it two days ago, but I think it's good. Yeah. Is it expensive? Um, seventy four ninety nine, I believe. Wow, damn! That yeah. is much more than the athletic subscription, which you can yep. get for two pound forty nine a month uh, mm. for the year if you go over to the the athletic forward slash fig. Um, but that was a really bad plug. I I suppose it's probably app that we map out what we're going to do here, Panda. Mm, indeed. So essentially, uh, I don't know if you guys saw a little report that was written by uh, two guys in the community, ASP and Lua Lua. It basically, uh, they, they, they call it the Matrix Reloaded. They basically attempted <laughs> to create uh, a couple versions of a revamped football index match day dividend or performance dividend, whatever you call it, performance buzz, scoring matrix. And uh, yeah, it got some amazing feedback from the community. And we thought it'd be a great idea if we kind of talk about it on the podcast break some of it down and kind of give some criticism to it and some maybe try and find some holes because i think that's what asp and lua lua want they want to see how many holes there are what the reception has been from the community and see if they can maybe iterate it hopefully the next iteration won't be an 80 page report but uh, i won't bore you with any more of that uh asp how's it going mate yeah all good thank you mate all good uh have you had much sleep the last three days doing that report that's a very good question. No, the answer is no. Uh, yeah, last few days have been pretty, last three or four days have been yeah pretty sleepless, so pretty exhausted after this part. I'm definitely going to take a few days out to just recharge. And apparently your co-author, Lua Lua, doesn't sleep at all. Uh, how are you doing, Lua Lua? 
Yeah, I'm all right. I'm I'm about to get really ill. Oh, really? <laughs> I've stretched myself to the limit on this. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you were you were accused of uh, some form of doping last time you came to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it was magic mushrooms or you were high as hell, but FPL Chef claims to this day that you were not in a good state recording that podcast. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, we're not going to go into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the the actual reception has has made it all worth it. So I don't mind being ill for it. <laughs> That's good. And uh, the the piece of shit that you guys sent me in Google Doc format, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that I made it look a lot better on Medium. Because yeah, thanks so much for doing that. It was abhorrent. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, we're also joined by, I guess, kind of a uh, a third party here. PB Man, how are you doing? Oh, muted and then unmuted himself. <laughs> good start. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, getting used to lockdown basically had a nice document to read today which took up a fair chunk of it so <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> yeah i mean it's the perfect time to put something like that out and i suppose one of the reasons we've got you on is because you and asp had a few backs and forths on on twitter and i think one of your things was i think the matrix is quite good i'd love to see i'd love to see where it could be improved and asp was like well i mean i'll try and prove it <laughs> yeah fair play to him <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of effort that's gone into this it's actually for me it was quite enjoyable to read because i love this kind of stuff um definitely this should be a lot more productive than talking on twitter i think twitter kind of amplifies viewpoints and like but if when i respond to people i find myself removing all the caveats i've just written to get mm-hmm. under the character limit which isn't very conducive to talking about stuff like this it's yeah. also hard to hear tone isn't it through tweets Oh yeah, for sure. It always sounds much more abrupt than <laughs> how I intend things quite often. I think my, my sense of humour maybe doesn't come across correctly to some people at times. I don't think a marking scheme um, was particularly <laughs> well this week, but you know, I found it amusing. Zero marks, Panda. <laughs> um, I, I, before we get into it, ASP Luala, why don't you give us a very high level... I, I guess explanation of why you went through all that trouble to actually create this report. Uh, what's what was the intended outcome that you'd hoped for i suppose what were the motivations behind it um well i guess maybe slightly different a lot of shared interests and, and shared desires but i think for me i guess everyone knows for a long time i've kind of been a bit underwhelmed by the experience of uh the pb matrix even though you know it's quite not easy i guess but it's been relatively uh, you know it's been a relatively good period in terms of profiting from it, um, you know, through both iterations. But uh, it was just, I guess, as I alluded to in the first part of the piece for me, you know, I just really enjoy watching football, good football and good footballers. And I just think that uh, experience of, of, of sort of watching the football and, and then, you know, watching the scores on FI a lot of the times just leaves me feeling a bit, you know, good from a profitability perspective and financial perspective, but from a sort of emotional and satisfaction perspective just you know, really overwhelming and I guess I just I just always uh, find that really concerning when you're creating any product because I always feel you know the best products you know, don't don't and shouldn't make you feel like that as well as a whole host of other stuff which you know, I kind of got into in the article and go into but I guess Luar Luar may be similar but maybe some other concerns as well. Yeah I think for me it was at the beginning it was more I, I just wanted to challenge like the, there was a lot of debate and a lot of different data put up on Twitter about whether the matrix was accurate or it wasn't accurate. And I thought, why don't, why don't I actually try and find out and see if (laughs) 
I can produce a better one as well with ASP and everyone's help. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess at this point we're gonna we're gonna start trying to poke holes. Uh, I guess the first question that's been asked by quite a few people, Pandra, I've just you know had this brainwave because yeah, uh, I yeah, hadn't yeah. written it down. But um, the the use of who scored and sofa scores, I, I guess, as uh, barometers for comparison with your own uh, matrix that you eventually create and also with uh, the PB matrix that's currently in, in stand. What was the, the kind of deciding factor behind that? Because I know you wrote it in the article, but it'd be good to, to hear the thought process there. So I think, well, I mean, just to be clear, I think, first of all, the matrix is at the end, and I don't think a lot of people got this. One of them <laughs> is essentially based on using um the comparison of who scored and so for score uh Luol explains a lot better because he's much more he's the one that basically ran the whole you know data and modeling side of things but um that produced the sort of first model the second model actually has nothing to do with who scored and so for score so a lot of the um discussion at the beginning that then flows out into the first model Mm-hmm. For the second model, that's essentially totally disregarded. So, because I've seen a lot of chat on Twitter saying, as you said, what's the relevance? Mm. We we used the relevance, and then we understood that there would be concerns about it, and that's why we produced a second model, which was essentially just tweaks to FI's model. But I guess Lua Lua can can maybe talk more about uh, the actual question. Yeah, I think um, we used SOFT score and who score because, well, we needed some some way to find out what was actually valuable on a football pitch. Mm-hmm. And that that's an extremely hard task. If you read some of the articles on possession value and other stuff, it, it's stuff that hasn't been perfectly found out yet. Mm-hmm. But we know that by using SofScore and WhoScore as kind of baseline, they're going to have better, better accuracy of reflection than the FI matrix currently does. Mm. And then we also, we actually did a small review it's not much it isn't much in the document that you guys will see but we looked um at correlation between like assists Mm. shots crosses basically everything can with goals and with sofa scored and who scored to see if they they did actually align with xg and xa and the kind Mm. of high level stats Awesome. Well, I mean, I guess you had to pick um, you had to pick something to kind of be the anchor point to, to what was going to be in your study. Uh, Sporting Panda, I don't know if you've got any, any thoughts on this, mate. Well, <laughs> where, where to start? Um, I started looking at this last night and the uh, first thing I'll say is, yeah, it, it's thoroughly enjoyable and there's a lot of really neat passages in there. Um, so I guess, you know, thanks for kind of uh, sharing it and coming on to discuss it. Um, in terms of working our way through it, I mean, you know, we open up with the four pillars um, and I, I tend to agree with those. I mean, I think ASP and Lualua discuss, um, you know, they want to accurately reflect performance, uh, which I agree with, which I think is subjective, but we'll come on to that. Um, allow a diverse range of winners with different playing styles. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, number three stood out to me. So they want it to be intuitive entertaining and easy to analyze and this is where i do i do sort of tend to agree um, i'm going to come on to whether i want the matrix change later in the show and blah 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 but i do think that there is a piece here because um, i've sat with a lot of new users and they've been watching a game and i don't think necessarily it's felt right in terms of the pb scores that they're looking at on the app 
versus what they're seeing on the pitch. So I think mm. there's some gap there, but I think there's always going to be a gap there. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that there's room for it to be more intuitive. Um, and then obviously point number four of theirs was having a slice of randomness to it. And, and that's a big thing to me because, you know, at the moment, if I take a player like Neymar, uh, who, you know, I've held on and off throughout the season, when Neymar's playing on that given day, I tend to feel pretty confident he's going to win. What I don't know with this matrix and these suggestions is that if we try to align it more and more and more to on-pitch activities, does it become even more predictable, the winners? Um, because I haven't seen how this would affect dividend yields um, and returns. So, you know, you look at someone like Messi, he's already returned, I believe, 85p of dividends this season. Um, a lot of the actions that I do agree with, to be honest, that will come through, um, they seem to, they're going to enhance someone like Messi. And you may argue that that's a great thing. You know, we want Messi being streets ahead of everyone else. But in terms of liability to FI and an unpredictable nature of a game day, I don't know where I sit with that. I think that was probably a concern that I uh, shared. And I think PB Man, we, we discussed this uh, off air and, and via Twitter DM. I said one of the things that maybe was missing was uh, the dividend returns from each player's from each uh, respective matrix created because I think although uh, ASP you mentioned to me that the, the distribution of overs is probably similar that doesn't necessarily mean that the amount of dividends paid out by FI is is the same am I correct in saying so uh, PB man I, I think that's probably something that you want to pick up on right now it's uh, if you don't mind because I think it's something that we discussed yeah for sure well I think for sort of Windex's point of view that would be the first thing they would want to see right essentially uh, dividend payouts their kind of liabilities to them um and changing the matrix uh to something that reflects football better may make it so that winners are more predictable which would obviously mean those players are bought by more people there's less incentive to buy other players um i've actually got written down here uh it needs to be prime messy proof <laughs> to some extent in that um what we currently see with Messi isn't actually the best version of Messi. I think it was, was it 2011-12 where he scored 90 goals in the calendar year? Mm, 91, I believe. Yeah, and I think actually looking at his who scored ratings, he averaged uh, 8.9 overall for the season. So that was his average score. For the Premier League this season, the highest is De Bruyne was 7.9. So you went, you, there's a situation there which is a possibility where if we had another Messi-like player, they could actually win every single week. Mm. But I, I mean, to, to kind of not counter that, but to, to kind of challenge that slightly, we've had that to some extent with media, haven't we, in the past, with Ibrahimovic, with Mo Salah, with Wayne Rooney. Th these players come and go in terms of being quite dominant with, with either of the dividend mechanics. Messi's been around for 15 years. How, how long has Messi been playing? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I take the point. It is, it is a very valid one, but I suppose, yeah, the, the other way of looking at it is that there will still be yeah. peaks for that player, if that makes sense. Yeah, but you're talking about, like, so for example, media, you're talking about maybe 10 players who win it regularly. Mm. If mm. that was to become the case with PB, yeah. with thousands of players on the platform, uh, you're gonna, I think you'll have an issue there. Mm. What about ASP and Lualua? Like, just before we, we carry on, in terms of this randomness element to it, I mean, if I think about horse race, 
I quite like it when you don't have a kind of one to 50 favourite um, and you've got an open field and it's quite entertaining. But at the same time, I do want quality rewarded. Is there concerns from your perspective that your matrix, um, I don't know, takes away that randomness and the winners are more predictable? Is there any element of, you know, what, what, what are the thoughts on that? Yeah, so this is, this is all, I think, all really valid stuff. There's a few things. Um, so firstly, I think if you look down and just do a basic rundown, obviously this is no indication of you know, being able to give evidence to this point, but if you look down the list uh, of either all players or forwards or midfielders or defenders, um, I think especially on the second one, you know, there is, if you look from the top down, obviously Messi's there quite a lot, but, you know, there are plenty of players, you know, Chilwell, Brozovic, you know, Alessand Pli, Timu Puki, uh, Orsolini, Scorsai Bellotti, uh, Ayosi Perez, uh, Richarlison, Golovan, you know, mixed within Neymar and Messi. I think the Messi point, I totally agree with PB, man. And actually, I was having that same thought because I was thinking, you know, Messi obviously is doing reasonably well here, but as PB man, absolutely is spot on in saying, this is one of his you know, poorer seasons, you know, in a better season, he could absolutely smash it I mean I think there is maybe a case to be said that he is the best ever player to ever play football in the history of the game but even then I still would agree with PB man that it but it needs to make sure that we can't ever have that situation I think in that respect that's why it's important to say again you know we didn't put these matrices out there to say that these are you know foolproof and in many ways for mine you know, you kind of want to make the point, you know, so when big chances are 25, you know, maybe they could be 20, maybe they, be, maybe they could be 15, maybe something else could be moved around. You know, we would be more than happy to, um, you know, based on the requirements, I'm sure, you know, realign these uh, if they weren't reasonable. But as I said, I think just looking down, they don't seem too bad. Um, I guess the other thing as well is, you know, well, Lua Lua can maybe explain this. The scores don't directly align with... Um, who scored and so for school. I think Luwalawa definitely mentioned that we improved the accuracy, but I'm pretty sure there is still a reasonable degree of inaccuracy. I don't yeah, know if plenty. I'm right that. Plenty. Yeah. So I you know, that's the other thing. I think people have again, people that are listening need to understand we haven't uh, on the first matrix created a matrix where whenever you look at whatever someone who scored on who scored or so for school, you will directly already know what he should be scoring on PB. It's more just we've brought FI a little bit closer to there, but still kept it so that, um, you know, it's got its own sort of, uh, you know, uniqueness, which I think you can tell, hopefully, if you look at, if you look at the models. Um, yeah, and I tend to agree with the media thing. I, I was thinking that before as well. You know, it did seem to me, it has seemed to me since FI started that we do have quite a narrow distribution over quite a lot of players. Um, and so, obviously, again, we don't want that on PB, but whether it is still okay, for example, for Neymar and Messi to be a lot higher than everyone else. You know, it seems okay from a, you know, sort of footballing perspective. But again, as PB Man says, you know, you can't have a situation where that gets out of hand. So I don't know, I don't know if that helps as well in answering. Mm-hmm. For, sorry. Yeah. Re- regarding the distribution of dividends, we, it was the greatest unknown because we, we just couldn't collect that much data to actually figure that out. But we did feel like the philosophy of kind of impact over volume would, I feel like impact is more variable than volume is. Like this, the yeah. same players are often going to get that, that high amount of passes, you know, crosses, etc. And also I've, I've done kind of some small tests, not, not big, but I'd say I looked at 
the amount of different players who've scored in the 90th percentile of scores, 95th, 97th, and 99th percentile. So kind of what you'd expect to be a, an over, like a dividend winning performance. And um, we, had a, we had a 3% increase, but it was incredibly similar. It's like we had five, five more different players than the current matrix. But, and I, I couldn't figure out why that was really. But then I thought maybe it's something to do with the Pareto principle. I don't know if that's a valid kind of suggestion, if you guys know what that is. Which is where 80% um, of the effects come from 20% of the causes. Mm. I don't really know enough about that, but I felt like that could be the answer. That, that was actually one of my, uh, I wrote this at the top. I'd love a matrix where 80% of users watched a football match and um, it intuitively felt right to them, the scoring matrix. That's kind of like, I'd love that for a scoring matrix. But, um, but I do one thing also on, um, on volume versus impact, you actually do a really nice job, I think, of talking about um, players that are trusted in possession and allow the team to recycle possession and build attacks uh, through the thirds of the pitch. And you do, you do kind of give credit to those that they are technically good and they, the coach probably puts that role on them. So you're not completely disregarding passing and just, just simple just, passing. Just on that point, I think yeah. I mentioned this on Twitter earlier, Jordan Henderson, um, I think, has one of the highest midfield scores on the second matrix um, of everyone without a goal. Um, and definitely Jorginho and Cruz are up there as well. So... Yeah, definitely. I think for the second model, especially um, the, the same themes for FIR are still on there. And, and agreed, that was the whole ethos behind the whole thing for me. Uh, initially, if 80% of traders can just watch a, a match, turn on the app, bet, and not have to think about it, I just feel like, as well as from a business perspective, but as you said, just from an enjoyment perspective, that's got to be something that you know is a better is a better proposition. Sorry, one final one from me. Just taking a step back, ASP. And I, um, on on a on a line, a horizontal line in front of me. You've got one end. You've got the casual fan, and then potentially at the other end, you've got a professional scout or a data analyst. Like who who is your target audience, and who is going to take this product to be worldwide? Because you were a reason I invested. I, I liked your first appearance on a podcast a few years ago. Not invested, but I like threw money into gamble, I should say. Um, and you, you kind of said, look, this isn't ready to get in front of you know, investment management firms or banks. I forget the exact example you used. And I always felt, wow, you're trying to run before the product can walk. But like, between the casual fan and the data analyst, like, I don't know, where, where do you kind of want, what's the sweet spot and what, what are you aiming to achieve, I guess, from an enhanced matrix? Like the common folk to, to want to, um, throw their money in I think to be, I think it's a good question I mean my personal thinking is anyone who is heavily geared towards strictly a data approach probably cares less what the inputs are you know if a, if a long ball is five probably doesn't matter as just in, you know, as much as how that affects their calculation and how their calculations then allow them to bet and maybe use their edge so I'd probably say the masses, yes, I, you know, I do think, even though you know, you probably are going to have lots of smaller accounts. But I think more, it's 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 a sweet spot, which is, I, I guess, the kind of advertising that, that that FI do in you know, sort of the city of London or you know, any sort of major major metropolitan area where you have sort of 
a reasonably young uh, professional type person with a reasonable amount of disposable income who likes football, who has, you know, enjoys, you know, social activities with friends where they chat and banter about it. And those sorts of people where, you know, because in my experience, which again is limited, I have so many, so many friends and people that I, that I know that I've introduced it to that kind of have tried it. Um, and there's just always small things, which as I've said before, aren't just limited to the scoring. Um, but inevitably I get asked about, you know, when they first try it, you know, why this player is this price and why this you know, um, PB score is this PB score. So I think the thinking person um, that I think there's probably a lot of capital and disposable income to, to tap into um, that sort of thinking. Uh, yeah. As I said, fitting into the idea that FI is going more of the thinking man's platform. I think it's sort of in the middle. If that, if that's clear. Can I can I just ask one more question? I think PB Man's tr- tr- been trying to get a point in by muting and unmuting himself quite a few times for a while. So just before we throw back to him, um, on on that point, one of the not gripes, but one of the concerns I had when looking at particularly the first Matrix, which isn't which isn't an iteration on the current one, is if I was so I I've probably got some friends who you know go to Tottenham home and away, but if I talk to them about uh, penalty area passes and some of the other facets that you guys included, they would probably look at me quite bewildered. Was that a, a concern when you were putting it together? Maybe, but I, yeah, maybe, but I guess there's, you know, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's ball recoveries. I don't know if many people that watch football actually know, you know that that's a use, you know, commonly used stat or even, I mean, I mean, I guess it's perspective, you know, for me, corner one, seeing corner one there is, you know about it, but it's equally ridiculous. So I think there is an element to that. But final third pass, penalty area pass, I think they're fairly simple. You know, you, you don't, you know, you can really readily understand those. Mm. Penalty area entry, again, I think that wasn't actually the intention uh, to use that. We were intending to use touch inbox, which I think that's fairly self-explanatory. Um, and then the other one was going to be penalty area dribble. So I, I don't think those names on the face of it are that crazy you know if you say mm. to someone penalty area dribble i think everyone knows what that means if you say to someone touch in the box you know what that means i think we used penalty area entry because we had to merge those two because we didn't have the stat for um for um penalty area dribbles but and that's again why i think if you look at the spreadsheet the amount of data that luar luar captured there are so many stats that we didn't put in you know recoveries and opposition half um you know forward passes backward passes losses in own half dispossessed um, received passes you know there's so much as you're saying that we could have put in that would have probably confused your average football fan but I think the three or four that we chose to use are fairly if done properly again not in the way that we've done it with penalty entries are pretty clear and easy to understand and I think are quite relevant to the game Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think part of the the reason FPL, for example, has has done so well in attracting so many users is because on on the on the um, face of it, the kind of way that scores are created are obviously very wildly inaccurate because they're basically mo- based most on goals and assists, clean sheets, etc. But they have the most users out of, I guess, any. Um, adjacent product that fi might want to look to uh and i think whether we strike a line a balance between kind of complexity and simplicity to try and have a fishing net that gets the most amount of users in it possible i i I just 
you know, I think the the product is so complex already that some of the 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 shouts we've had about how MB should be iterated and how PB should be iterated. One of the things that I always go back to is kind of like them trying to simplify the product to have more of an expansive use base. I guess my question more should have been: Do you think seeing that amount of different kind of uh, um, things that attribute points to them to actions would actually turn someone off at the face of it before pb man jumps in yeah again we did bear that in mind but i think and again maybe we didn't to be fair this is a general point we 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 obviously spent so much time on this and in the last few days getting this ready that maybe some things weren't explained as well as they should but um again i think in the second matrix we removed through ball and we removed second key passes so you're already down two actions and i think we included four so it's only i think it's only two actions um on top of the current one and mm. you, you could probably maybe even get rid of one more i think i think yes i agree with you we don't want to make it too complex so if you took the current matrix i'd say if you're adding any more actions than five you probably were probably getting into mm. the, the you know the realm of people just getting too complex i think anything under that and maybe three or four uh it, you know that's including um that's on, to, that's on top of what we have now. So I, I, if you remove two and added four, you'd only have a net of two. I, I, you know, I think that sort of situation is fair enough. But I agree with you. You know, That's one of the, maybe one of the fifth pillars that we should have put is, is to not be overly complex. Or maybe that was mm. one of the pillars. Yeah, I think managing that, that balance between kind of a simple intuitive matrix and accuracy was the hardest thing. But personally, I don't, I don't think the, the current FI matrix does either very mm. well. I think. But but you also have to to balance it with kind of dividend liabilities, right? Right. That that is probably the the caveat in that we can obviously formulate any any matrix that is far more accurate than FIs. But in terms of for a gambling business, I think some of the points that Sporting Panda alluded to earlier. I don't know why I keep calling you by your full fake name, Panda. Um, but if if you kind of think about um, them as a gambling business and how much they want variability in the scores and the dividend winners and that kind of randomness, coupled with the fact that they don't want huge liabilities, I suppose that is the third pillar alongside accuracy and intuitiveness. If that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. does make does make sense. I think. If we were to continue, we would we would get all the data and find out the real kind of di- how much people earn on dividends. I don't think it would change too much. So no, I don't I don't either. Again, I think if you, if you look down the list, I haven't actually looked too much at the first one, but the second one especially, uh, it doesn't seem like you know there seems like a very good mix and there's a good distribution on the overs. I think the problem comes when you've got. Um, as uh, you know, you've got the messy, you've got the prime messy problem, and you've got a poor distribution on the overs. I think then you're basically paying out a lot of money, and you're probably not getting a lot of trading in the rest of the market. Because mm. I think in relation to dividends, I don't think it matters. I think essentially there has to be a balance. I don't think it matters if you're paying a reasonably high dividend to Neymar and Messi if the rest of the market has enough sort of distribution um, where players can win that's generating trading, if that makes sense. Mm. Again, I, I don't know for sure. And I guess that's one of the things, as Luar Luar said, if we had uh, more time to do this, we'd know. But also if we actually knew the parameters that needed to you know, be the sort of rules that govern this matrix from a, from a business standpoint, I think we would, we would certainly be able to come up with something that was, was, was exactly perfect in terms of what AFI needs uh, to operate as well. 
Mm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you guys make some some good points there. I think for me, it's definitely an important part if you really look at intuitiveness and accuracy. The third pillar for me is definitely: is it suitable for a gambling business? Uh, more specifically football index but we'll, we'll get on to that I, I guess throughout the show uh, PB man you've been quiet I, I want to get your thoughts when, when reading it first what were the what were some of the things where you looked at and you were like uh, not sure about that uh, well straight away um, using who scored and sober score in the first place I didn't see necessarily the point of those two I kind of get that you want to have like a basis to kind of see how well you're doing against something but for example, when I read document, I went who scored, sorted by who who scored, had as ranked as the best players in the Premier League this season. Number one, Kevin De Bruyne, fine, good. Number two, Adama Traore, which immediately sends kind of alarm bells ringing in my head, is that Adama Traore is ranking ahead of Mane, ahead of Alexander-Arnold, ahead of you know all these great players, like ahead of every single Liverpool player for starters, let alone the likes of Mares. Uh, so for me. If I was making a new matrix from scratch, the last thing I would be doing would be using who scored and sofa score, which are also kind of jokes in the analytics community. They're not um, necessarily seems particularly accurate. So I, f- I forgot to say that I actually did really enjoy the, the document. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, straight, like I got straight into, into No, I, I thought it was, it was really good. It's well written. I can see, I, I think they have made very good suggestions, but I, I'm nitpicking straight away. Um, but yeah, for me, using who scored and so for score, uh, I just don't think they're good performance models. They're like they they have a purpose. They're actually quite similar to the FI Matrix, in my opinion, and they're they're kind of close enough where you can kind of be like, yeah, I can see that. But they're not like I wouldn't say they were they were faultless or anywhere approaching faultless. But where like if you took who scored rank in the professional football club, they would probably laugh you out of the room. Um, so using those two is kind of the ideal thing we need, we want to be moving towards. I, I know maybe they've not used it as the ideal thing, but even as kind of the point of comparison where, where you want that, you want the PV scores to correlate with them. I just don't see why that was the aim of changing things. Um, I think yeah. by, by using both, you kind of reduce those inaccuracies. Not and if, not if they're two inaccurate things. Well, you I can... mean, I could, I could ask, for example, two of my mates to give ratings out of 10 to players and then look to correlate that with PB scores, but it doesn't mean that it would make PB more scores more accurate. Mm-hmm, I agree. I think that's why we did so much research on actual analytics and actual kind of try to find our own values of actions. Like, I know a, a big chance created has scored 39% of the time whereas a corner is only 3%. So corner one being five and big chance creator being three just shows you that this, this matrix isn't good enough. Yeah, I think that's the point here. Again, this is a, this is a very long document and there's a first initial section on, you have a valid point, you know, some people's view of these scoring systems, you know, they may be less good, et cetera. But that's why for the bulk of the document, we go through the, the, the footballing theory, um, you know, the possession value, the, the correlations between you know, different types of shots and goals, um, as we said, chance creation. Um, and we go through that. And then again, at the end, after the first model, we then disregard that and we go on to a second model, which totally, as I said, totally disregards who scored and so for scored. So I think, 
absolutely fair point. If we had made a whole document just looking to make FI exactly the same as who's gone so score and saying that's how it should be, that would be a that would be, I think, not very smart. I think as part of the exploration, using those uh, as a general sort of exploration tool and journey through the document, which then goes on to move away from that more sort of valid footballing um, comparisons and then can, and then produce a document that, again, is, is just based on FI's model that, that basically throws those scoring systems out the window. I think overall, I don't, I don't think that's an unreasonable approach. Um, I mean, again, again, I mean, like, if you're, if you're two people on the street and you're looking to, to perform this exercise, I don't think it's unreasonable to, to, to look at those two. You, you can say it's unreasonable to draw, you know, definitive conclusions, um, but I don't think it's unreasonable to, to, to use them as references. I mean, because what are those two people on the street supposed to use if they don't really have access to anything? Okay, well, well that was my initial criticism of the, of the um, kind of methodology of it. Um, I was actually, I actually have criticism of the possession value as well, uh, in that I don't think that's particularly accurate or good to use. Um, for example, well, we use Trent Alexander-Arnold as probably the best example, just because like he, he kind of scores extremely in both directions. I was actually at a football analytics conference where they're using Alexander-Arnold as an example of someone who was um, wasteful in possession. And sat behind me was... Uh, analysts from Liverpool who were shaking their heads the entire time um, because like, it's all well and good Opta putting values on things but uh, which team uses data the best in, out of every team on the planet is Liverpool basically they've refined things to the extent that they have a throw-ins coach like every single minute detail is taken care of so if Alexander-Arnold is playing a risky pass and losing possession, it's because they've modelled that that's probably a good thing to do. Um, uh, and I was actually thinking about this of kind of how difficult it is to ascertain what is and isn't a positive or negative action. Because uh, you get quite a lot of like false positives and false negatives, where like it may seem on the surface um, as a negative action, but it's actually not at all. For example. We're talking about unsuccessful crosses and what is an unsuccessful cross with most people just say like a cross that gets headed away is unsuccessful but actually if you watch Liverpool play what happens when Alexander Arnold crosses the ball is that he crosses it into a dangerous area and it gets nodded away which means but the entire Liverpool team is pushed up so it bounces down to someone and then they can play from there so I was watching one of the clip you used as example of bad cross and actually was uh, Kostic um, Kostic at Frankfurt and um, so what happened in the clip was he had three crosses within 30 seconds or something which was considered to be bad when actually what had happened was he put a dangerous cross in it had been nodded away to the edge of the area where his team had pushed up and the other team pushed back it got rolled back to him for another dangerous cross which is nodded back and then eventually he did do what was, was a very bad cross into the keeper's hands um, so I think like that, that's a that's a struggling sticking point for me is if we're trying to like replicate football is that uh, what actually is positive and negative is very difficult to decide. Um, I guess the biggest one for me would be Man City winning the Premier League last season. The most uh, the most important player to that was probably Fernandinho, and what did Fernandinho do really well? He he fouled people incredibly well. <laughs> Fernandinho last season made 71 fouls, the majority of which were in the opponent's half, so basically preventing counter-attacks. 
which is something they've missed incredibly this year with, with kind of Rodri coming in to replace him. He commits fouls mostly in his own half. So Fernandinho actually committed four fouls in the opponent's box last season, which is quite incredible. <laughs> so, so actually what, what happens there is like a foul, nearly everybody says negative. But Fernandinho's fouls had a positive impact on the game. I don't think stuff like who scored, people like Opta are actually taking that into account. And I think for a fan watching the game, you're probably applauding Fernandinho when he makes that foul. So it's just, I just find it very tricky to kind of quantify these things into a matrix. And then especially not one that kind of is perfected and doesn't need gradual improvement over time. I, I don't know what you guys think of that. Uh, ASP, any, any thoughts on, on that? I mean, off the bat for me, I, I did see a bit of conversation. Uh, I, I don't know who it was from. Was it from, I think, Richard Cheese, right? When he was talking about how, uh, you know, some crosses being kind of near misses from uh, a teammate. It it's, doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad cross uh, and so on and so forth. So is there is there an element of subjectivity, I think, to which um, PB Man has kind of alluded to there, uh, Luwalua? I think you were actually in that Twitter conversation. Yeah, so I think, look, at the end of the day, of course, if we get into the nth degree of football analysis and data analytics we can basically drill a hole down to the center of the earth you know picking things out of everything i think on a high level there's 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 a few points you can make you know when you say something like trent alexander arnold tenders ball over i agree and that's why in in that possession value stat when they mentioned that i think he had a reasonable loss of possession it's not unreasonable to suggest that those are from unsuccessful crosses but we said that in no way would we ever suggest you know applying a negative value to them so I think we made that clear. And then in terms of how you attribute the, posit- you know, the, the positive value that you may decide is, is, is a good or, or a worse cross, again, you know, there are degrees of, which, which again, I'm not sure why we, ha- why we have these styles of conversation. You know, there are degrees of um, you know, finesse that you can apply depending on how stringent you want to be. So if you do view crosses like that, um, or you don't want to come down too hard on crosses that are into the box that are maybe viewed as, in inverted commas, good, then you can just amend the crossing definition to take away crosses that go directly out of play. Like, that's a positive step. So I don't disagree with anything PV Man said, but I just think it's not, in terms of if we're thinking, especially on the second matrix, how to amend FI's matrix to be better, obviously we can pick even an FI's matrix a million holes, but are there small ways even if you know we aren't going to get to the actual true accuracy of something that we can make small changes. So for example, crosses, change the definition to remove those that go out of play, include pullbacks, immediately that's better than what we have. So you know, I don't think we need to necessarily be so pernickety. And the Fernandinho thing I agree with totally, but you know, I saw a Twitter tweet a tweet today saying, how do you know uh, the value of the action um, is, is not more important depending on the score? And it's like, yeah, obviously you can say that that changes the uh, chances of winning a game, but we're solely looking at uh, the chances of scoring a goal. Now, you don't have to look at that, but that's the one we're choosing to looking at to look at. And I think the possession value model, you know, in theory, even though it may not take into account a foul in that particular position, it does take into account lots of other stats. And as we said, again, just to finish, we said specifically, we don't think that this is a definitive uh, reason to change the matrix. So I'm not sure why... Yeah, we. Are, I don't think we should focus too much on that because I think throughout this we caveated everything as as using these general theoretical principles to just create ideas. 
yeah. the ultimate and the ultimate FI matrix, uh, the second one, the tweak, the tweaked FI matrix. I think it barely changes. I think we use big chances created quite an inflated value, but the rest of it, I think it's barely any different. Yeah, I guess my, I probably artic didn't articulate my point as well as I could have done that. My, my point is where do you stop? As in, there's always going to be something to miss. I mean, those are just two random examples I pulled out from reading the document, but there's, there's probably absolutely loads of things people would be up in arms about where a player does something in the game and he gets negative points or doesn't get points for. Um, so the, the problem for me there is that we kind of head down a, a slippery slope of like every year we have people who want something added or taken away to the major. I mean, this, last year it was, it was sideways passes, this year it's crosses. Next year it might be that, I don't know, tackles are too highly rated or dribbles or shots or fouls I, I don't know but but you know things like like for me that the game would then become not so much playing the matrix as playing the next matrix change because for me as a gambler um i'm looking at it and thinking that the value isn't in buying players that actually play to the current matrix it's to anticipating the end game the matrix or the next matrix and buying players in preparation for that who don't have that price into their value um uh, uh, like you guys obviously have uh, uh, the you want to see the platform improve uh which, which is great and, and the document's great there's lots of good ideas but for me using my kind of make as much money as possible heads i'm thinking okay where's this going to end up and which players can i buy that are going to double in value because currently they don't win and um, if we follow this matrix logic to its logical conclusion, they will be winning. And conversely, which player should I be selling that currently fit the matrix that I don't want to be holding anymore because I know it's going to change? I, I think yeah. that's... I, sorry, Ace, but I'm just going to say, I think that is... Um, that's what I had written down. That's why I'm just jumping now. Because <laughs> You heard you gambling. Know, well, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, Alarm bells. But I guess the ball to an extent, right? Everyone is in football indexes court. I mean, if we if we're going to have version three of the Matrix, and I do think that what what the guys have done is they've shone a light on lots of really fascinating analytics areas, and I think there's some low hanging fruit in there where you could say, yeah, that should be incorporated. So like the cutback shouldn't be a pass; it should be a cross. Penalties one in the other section towards the back end of the article, um, you know, you may increase that. A penalty scored at a 74% success rate, you may drop that down again. So there are lots of um, sort of areas that I think, yeah, you could pick those off, pick those off. But where where do we go with it? And I guess ASP's got a better, better idea than me. I mean, if, if you could tell me we're going to, you know, lock down a matrix and that would be it forever, that offers me one pathway. Or are you going to say, well, Every three years, we'll potentially, you know, tweak it and look to constantly strive for perfection, which, you know, I, I kind of equally see the benefit of that, that you want the product to be as good as possible. Because to me, um, sorry, I probably should let him answer there, but game context and the time of the match is so critical for my gambling. So obviously what I specialize in on in the Betfair world is, I've said it before so many times, in a tennis match, I'm not looking at forehands throughout the set i'm looking at who can execute the forehand up the line at break point down or at six five in a tie break equally in football i think 
for a perfect matrix in an ideal world, you know, I could, I would like to take it one step further and, you know, who can split, you know, an oncoming press with a pass as a center back, you know, when you're trying to counterattack or if you're, if you're zero one down, who can um, take an extra touch and play the correct pass? You know, game state is very important to me. And it's those players that don't lose uh, confidence and don't feel the crowd pressure, you know, as the 80th minute uh, comes and they're losing. So there's so many extra ways you can take this matrix and make it perfect. I guess to take a step back, like, you know, what, what do you think is the, the pathway you're looking for? Do you think that this version three, do you think an analytics company out there can make an, a very, very accurate and good matrix where it could be locked down for a decade or so? Or do you think we'll always need to, to tweak it? So, yeah, so I mean, there's going to be different opinions. I think the first thing is, I guess I'd ask, would you like a football index to go back to the previous matrix? Because no. that's essentially because that's essentially what we would, what would have happened if mm-hmm. we had, we had taken if everyone had taken that attitude attitude before yeah. we would yep. be working with a really backward matrix. Yeah, acknowledged. And, that, and we're and we're in the same position now where we basically have to imagine the next matrix as the current matrix compared to the previous matrix where you know we have the potential to do something better again i take the point but i suppose I, a, panda's point is that like what about the matrix two 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 iterations down then that will be the kind of exact feeling you have for the the matrix that's just been iterated what i, I guess the question is like where like for me it's it, it doesn't really make sense to to change the pb matrix now for example let's say because I, I think i'm i'm kind of in the middle if if we had a line and one side where we have asp and Luwalua who are clearly not satisfied with the matrix and on the other hand you have people who just want it locked down for you know never changed again which i think i don't think pb man sits on on that end and neither does panda but maybe slightly more towards it for me i think that it's probably like a seven out of ten the current matrix but other areas of the platform are and maybe not to do with the product itself and i think that would be your argument asp with mb where we you know with order books etc there is a lot of change coming over in the next 12 months and i think it's not it's not unfair of a lot of consumers to be like well if that that some mechanisms of the platform are changing with order books and how ipos are launched and actual intrinsic value is being changed in mb etc i personally don't think it's unfair for people to be like well actually i don't want the whole table flipped if three quarters of it is, is flipping as it is that's kind of making me feel quite nauseous already if we have that extra push it it, it might be it might be what kind of causes someone to, to withdraw or stop using p uh, stop using fi which obviously we don't want so i guess my my question is why is now the time for you in your opinion for this kind of level of change to, to be implemented i suppose follow-up question is to, to my rebuttal i guess if you have that kind of two matrix in time, two matrices in time, we're going to have that feeling about the next matrix that we did of the previous one, if that makes sense at all. Well, I think um, every matrix change should get better, ideally. So you'd actually have like... But, but surely, demi- Lua Lua, you can't... I, I, I agree with you 100%, but you can't just have loads in, in the future. Like we can't... We can't like how many how many people that have over i don't know five figures invested in fi or you know trading on it whatever you say if i said to them in the next three years they'll have there'll be three more pb iterations or even two how many of those do you think would respond to that in a positive light well i agree i think there should only be one and i think 
um, Sporting Panda made a good point. I think you should get an outside company to look at this and see if they can do something better. I don't want to repeat myself, but I think it's a it's a balance between simplicity and accuracy. And I, mm. I just I'm really confident we we haven't found that balance. And your point on timing, I I agree with that. I, it doesn't have to be changed now, but I think it I think it should be changed before if this if this company does go like into Europe and stuff. I think it should be changed before that. Mm. Yeah. So can I just come in on something sure, because sure. we've we've talked about a lot and I think the first thing is someone mentioned I can't remember um, you know playing matrix changes and buying players that yeah. were going to double in value again I think if you actually look at the second matrix look down the list of winners a lot of them aren't that different it's more about when they win in relation to the actions they perform so you know Alexander Arnold or De Bruyne will tend to have I think similar wins but it's just that on those days, as we said, when we get frustrated, where those players actually haven't performed, and maybe whoever we outlined, Zaha or Orsolini, you know, actually did um, by you know pretty um, commonly agreed standards play better, then they have a better chance. So I don't think you're ever going to get a situation. In fact, it's it's pretty impossible, even from the in, from the fairly rudimentary matrices, matrices we've created, that you'll have opportunities to buy other players that will double in value. I mean, good players tend to play well if you, you know, capture most of the actions. And, and to the point about future matrices, I don't actually think that we need to have any more. And the fundamental reason is this, is that we just don't ever focus on the more ephemeral stats. The only stats we focused on here are stats which players, uh, actions which players undertake with the ball. I can't think of, I can't think of, maybe you guys can help, out of all the stats that we have on the matrix and the ones that we've added, Mm. I can't think of any other actions you know, that many that you could really add for the players can do with the ball. Can you? Well, without the ball is a big area. Yeah, but they're not on the matrix really, are they? That's the point. No, but do you want them on the matrix if you want to accurately represent football? I don't think so, because again, it's, it's more the entertainment point, as we said out in the video, it's the entertainment point about what players do with the ball. You know, those bursting runs, getting into the box, you know, dribbling. It's those things that I think are the most important entertainment aspects that we're missing, which as Panda said, when you see the match, I actually watch in a sort of you know, fairly, not casual basis, but, you know, not going into the details that, you know, you might go into PB, man, where you're looking at who's pressing where, when you're actually just watching on a kind of fun emotive level, just those actions with the ball. Again, I think we've captured them all now. I don't think there are any other ones you could capture. Um, and, you know, there are other ways you can do it. You don't even need to capture the action. So, for example, if it's a question of reflecting val more value um, than volume or impact than volume, maybe you could forget the actions, just apply maybe, you know, plus one point for any action in the final third, plus two points for an action in the penalty. I don't know. So, again, I don't, I think there's a lot of un very understandable talk about concern over future matrix changes and concern about, Matrix changes affecting bets, but again, I just think from even just that conversation there, there are, I think, with an open-minded, positive attitude, there are there are ways to address them. Yeah, what what would you say about players that are going to slip through the cracks, though? That there are inevitably players that aren't going to hit all these on the ball uh, aspects, and people will probably, you know, if, if we're kind of people are getting upset about players not winning when they should be winning, players outscoring players who have played better, etc. 
like that there's players that for example like Robert, Roberto Firmino for example affects the game highly through pressures like the average football fan knows that they can see it happening during the game uh, if you're not adding pressures to well actually if you if you don't have pressures in the matrix you're not reflecting football essentially because fundamentally it's a pressing game at the moment we kind of had tiki-taka and then pressing came and kind of overtook the things where the Liverpool kind of coordinate their press for me there's a huge part of that he creates a lot of pressing actions which then allow Salah and Mane to go and score goals um, would you not say that's something that should be incorporated and down the line would people not look at that and say well why is it that Roberto Firmino can't win PB when he's doing like huge amounts of work for the team you know he's he's doing all these presses and scoring two goals in the game and he's getting beaten because he's not done enough on the ball actions yeah um, again I I, I, you know, I hear what you're saying I, I personally don't think that I think that on the ball actions are you know the basic on the ball actions are the key I don't think that you know maybe if if in three or four years time things have changed but I don't think they will and, and more off the ball actions become in terms of the average football fans you know, knowledge, you know, more, uh, you know, needing to be sort of included in most major rating sites, et cetera, that's fine. But I just think, as I said, I think with this matrix and for football index, it's about the entertainment of, of positive action, positive attacking actions on the pitch. And, and that's why, again, I don't think we need another matrix change if we just, again, regardless of even how they're even weighted, uh, just actually capture the broad actions that make up um, players uh, when, they're, when they're attacking and have the ball. I, you know, it's a subjective thing. So I agree with you. You could say, you know, go into, you know, go into other things that are, that are more ephemeral. But from my perspective, once you have all the on the ball actions and people can watch people on the ball um, in a very basic way and just see those reflected, I think that's enough. And I think then you just, you, know, you don't need to review it for you know, however many years. So, so you think it's, it would be future proof to some extent? Because I'm just thinking, like, if you if you're trying to get one definitive matrix, no, so no, I don't think anything could be future proof. Yeah, exactly. Because kind of ten years ago, you had Tiki Taka, that kind of very different style of play, where maybe it might have broken the matrix you propose, or that we end up with uh, if we were to go down this route. Um, so it would, like, if you're talking about progressive improvement, you'd have to, you you probably be in this position again in ten years' time potentially. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if bets are three years, I don't think, and again, if you have all the broad range of actions, and as you're saying, I agree with you, the points you've raised about Prime Messi, and if you think about Prime Barcelona generally, you know, high possession, I don't think, you know, there are any cases where you can definitely, you know, know that any system or player or style of play might be broken. But I think if bets are three years, I, again, I don't think it's possible to say for sure. And as you said, the change in data analytics uh, and this is, goes back to your point, Vic. I just don't think it's possible to ever say that any matrix cannot be changed forever. Like it always mm. needs to be open-ended. And I think that's probably that's probably an issue, isn't it? To some extent, for for people that are looking to to you know put a large amount of money into this platform. Yeah, I, I guess so. But I think I think it depends how it goes further on. I totally some of the P, things PB Man said and you said, Vic. I totally agree with in terms of people placing bets. The only reason I don't have sympathy for it now is most people have made their money from, you know, obviously good trading, but a lot of it has been quite easy. So people saying, you know, my bets are going to change. Yes, they are, but they're still going to be pretty good bets and you still have, have had a pretty good run. I think the problem comes when it's more of a nimble trading platform and your edges become uh, much more difficult to find. And then I think if you've worked really hard and put your bets on, and as you've said, 
four years down the line, um, we do require a matrix to be tweaked. That could be an issue, but at the same time, it, I think it does go with the territory. And if you if you find this more enjoyable than any other platform, um, you know, I think that's a risk or a, I guess a caveat that I personally, you know, even though I've got a million pounds in, I'm more than happy to play with. You know, if the matrix changed tomorrow, I, you know, I'd be fine. I'd adapt just like I adapted when there was 200 players in media. Uh, and through each scoring system, it hasn't been ideal, but it, everything each time has got better uh, after the readjustment. Yeah, but I guess the issue is at the moment is that it must be quite a long way down the priorities list. I guess you're saying you think this should be up above maybe a media review or order books or IPOs. Like if you were football index, where would you put this? Yeah, so I'd say, I'd say, yes, I do think it is a priority, but in terms of all the opinions that have been given, I, I personally view the tech side. I think the, the, the CTO is leading a team that's dealing with the multi-currency platform project, Hydra or whatever it is. I think the media side, um, given that they announced that they were doing it back in September, I think when they announced the new season, they were thinking of changing the media. I think that's been underway and is underway given that me and Loire Loire are two people with no experience and have sort of mocked up, again, pretty rudimentary and probably quite flawed, but still reasonable matrixes. And actually, I think that's the other thing. The matrixes themselves don't take that long. We took a long time because we played with probably 50 different models. And the other time was taken up by the football research and making these really, really um, sort of difficult and um, bitty videos. Actually coming up, you know, tweaking the FI matrix is a really quick job. Like it's a really, really quick job. Like we move between models super, super quick. And if, especially if you know the parameters that need to be used. So I personally would have thought that it is of equal priority and therefore given the changes that need to needed to be made to media, you know, we are going to need to have a dividend increase to adjust, um, to give people some sort of buffer to the changes to their bets on that. And we're going to be introducing a long-term dividend mecha mechanic. I therefore also think that given um, the increase in dividends that we should do it then. But again, I can understand if you might think, Fig, that that's too soon. So to Luar Luar's point, if this is the next 12 to 15 months where we're starting to just you know, plant seeds in Europe, then again, given that there's going to be a lead time on this project, start it at the beginning of next season when we've got order books already in place, when we've got media in place. And so we started at the beginning of next season and we have it in place for the season after as we're basically flourishing in Europe. So we've got this to show to them. Yeah, I could definitely see that point. I just think if we look at risk versus rewards, the short-term risk of having a lot of disgruntled traders is, for me, quite high. And I think that risk becomes more and more... It actually, it actually probably lowers the more money you have in the platform because it's dispersed among... Uh, more and more people but at the moment I think we're in a position where if there were I don't know let's say hypothetically 30 40 traders who were disgruntled with it they could essentially take like four or five percent of the market cap at, at a wipe let's hypothetically say that this is uh, you know they've done this uh, before order books have come in and instant sell is still on I, I think for me I view that as kind of quite a large business risk yeah, but you could yeah. say you could say the opposite of that as well. You could say there are there are ten traders out there with big portfolios waiting to buy into the product, waiting for the improvements to happen. Yeah, but I I, I fundamentally don't think that the thing that is the one thing that is stopping a mass amount of money coming to the platform is the PV matrix. 
I, I definitely, I, I don't think anyone here on this, on this chat can right now confidently say to me that FI's inability to IPO um, a 16 year old academy superstar from Arsenal or the inability to uh, have enough loads to IPO Jude Bellingham or even when a deposit bonus comes on is less detrimental to new money coming in than the, the current PV matrix. That, that seems quite uh, perverse to me. It, I don't really understand that. Yeah, so to your point, Fig, I, I don't know if maybe I wasn't clear before. I, I, I sort of said if, if now isn't the right time, then um, do it before the beginning of next season, i.e. Not, i.e. not the season coming, the season after. So uh-huh, this season yeah. finishes, the media gets done for the, for the 2020-21 season uh, and the IPOs, and then the project has started for PB so that it's ready for the start of 21-22. Um, yeah. I, 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 so so when, on, sorry, when, would you, when would you announce that you're going to change the matrix? Because as soon as you do, you kind of... You're playing by the new rules. Yeah, like as soon as you say that, I'm not buying someone who's winning under the current matrix because the risk versus reward of that isn't doesn't make sense to me. Well, yeah, so I think if if I was a company, I would just run the project in the background and in the off season. You know, I don't think that you know, I I agree with what you're saying, Fig, and to a certain extent, I don't personally think that the company is in a position now where you know it can be that affected but i take it maybe there's a small period now for the next six to 12 months where there is a risk but i think um you um sorry i forgot what i was going to say now was the the question (laughs) um what was it people when would you when would you announce do you announce oh yeah sorry yeah so 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 if i was a company um i would do it in the background and announce it in the off season and i don't think um there would be this mass panic, for example, even say at the end of this season, if there was a marketing statement released by FI, traders, um, hope you're excited for the new season. Obviously, we don't know when that is because of COVID. Hope you're excited for the new season. In the time that we've um, had off, we've been working really hard to improve the platform. Um, and we, you could maybe say in the next few months, we'll be slowly starting the buy side of order books. But as of now, we've improved the media side of things and we've made some final improvements to the PB matrices. Um, here are some increased dividends the impression that some people give in the community that everyone's going to melt into puddles and run away from FI rather than be quite excited and intrigued about starting a new season. I just don't buy it. I just don't see the situation where people, as I've said in my article, people, I don't, I I think it's it's pretty disingenuous for people to say that, you know, they're going to suddenly, you know, cry in the corner of their rooms and not be really excited about a better product with a better media system and a better PB scoring system. But again, to everyone's point, I take on board some people may feel differently and therefore I would do that the season after. So I'd do it in the background and then I'd announce it in the off season with a dividend increase. Yeah, I can see your, I can kind of see your point about doing it now with a dividend increase kind of makes sense as the market's growing. Um, Cause it would kind of cover over everything at any kind of like, nobody would probably lose intrinsic value. Like you say, uh, one thing for me is, would you announce that that was it and that was the definitive PB matrix and there was no changes for the foreseeable future, say f- three years or so? Yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think just to follow on on that, uh, PB man, it's, it's a great point. And also, I think I've spoken to quite a few people and I, I don't know, ASP, you've, you've probably thought about this a lot in terms of people being up in arms. I think a lot of people, to both your points, it's not really about the money. It's the kind of like the feeling of trust with FI and whether or not they could kind of pull the rug off uh, from underneath them at any point. Like I've, I've literally been like, Oh, 
but you wouldn't lose money. And they, the, the rebuttal has always been like, well, I, I don't actually care about it that more that much. Uh, it would, that, that kind of distrust would, would piss me off more. Yeah. It sets, it sets a precedent, doesn't it? If we change the matrix kind of three years in a row or three times in four years or whatever it would be, where how can you trade like you have to be definitive then i think i think if you're going to change it again it has to be like that staying because otherwise it just becomes yeah trading the future matrix that we don't have yet which is kind of not not what i want to be doing it would actually detract a lot of fun where you're not really buying to play the game currently you're buying buying to play the game in the future yeah is- i totally agree with you pb man i think that's that's yeah i totally agree i think I mean, we've had two, we had one, and then the next one was two years later. So in fact, in many ways, it wouldn't make too much, it wouldn't be too uh, nonsensible to have it another two years after that. But yeah, I agree. We don't want to have the idea that the matrix will always change. So I would personally say, say, for example, this was the, the before the beginning of the 2021, yeah, the 21-22 season, just before that. Um, the announcement was made, you know, in the off-season statement, and um, FI said um, we, we, you know, we we give our assurance that um, we do not, um, unless in absolutely exceptional circumstances, for the next three years of your bet, um, the matrix, you know, will not be changing, or maybe if they can't mm-hmm. say will not in the strongest terms, because yes, I absolutely agree, you need certainty, and I think that's the frustration is I, I don't want, maybe we said this in the article, I don't want to actually keep having to be involved in this process and talk around, around the matrix. I would have liked for it to have been done. So I would totally like to be on your side, PB man, and say, you know, that's it now. Let's just get on. And yes, there are some flaws, but at least we've got a broad enough range of actions to just reflect the sort of basic, you know, involvement with the ball. Um, but yeah, I'd say assurances that it can be changed for, for three years at a minimum. Unless that's, that's, that's why I said to Fig on the phone earlier. So I've always, I think that we all, we all want a better product. And to some extent, you're always going to have some tears, I think, when you, when you pull off the plaster and make it better. But it's in our long-term interest for the product to be better with media uh, and with PB and with, with other bits and pieces. Um, so... I think I said to Fig earlier when I, when I called him, uh, you know, it's a period of instability at the moment and obviously COVID's around. Um, on the podcast back in November, I think Mike and Adam, or maybe Kieran was on it, spoke about there was going to be a media review. That was part of Adam Cole's Q&A. So I think we're all aware that there's a media review going on. Um, we've got all the books. We've got an IPO process, hopefully with NASDAQ relatively soon. So I think for me, it, it can I just, just jump in? Gone, one, what, I just want to say one thing, Panda. I think that the, the thing about the media review um, and the difference between that and having like another PB review, I think it's a good point to make as well, if I may say so mm. myself, is that with media, there's a lot to do, as I kind of alluded to earlier with the one out of 10 and uh, PB currently yeah. being like a seven out of 10. To PB man's point, we can kind of see where the matrix would be going and what kind of sort of actions would be added. So it'd be very much easier to predict where the, the value is going to be going, if that makes sense. If, if they were like, oh, we're going to be, um, we're going to be uh, reviewing PB, obviously, as, as PB man alluded to, it's very easy to kind of look at players that don't, are performing really well in real life and should be rewarded that aren't and kind of bet on them. But whereas with media, it's quite hard, isn't it? Because we don't exactly know what FI going to do. With PP, it's a bit more, uh, the kind of lines in the sand have already been drawn to some extent. Yeah, but if, if media is, um, is a one out of 10, you've actually got more long-term instability because 
we could do one more PB matrix change and take it up to a nine out of 10 and leave it there. But over the next five years, you're going to have instability every year with people wondering which the next territory we're going to go into is or which next foreign outlet we're going to go into is because the first media review is going to be far less comprehensive than the last PB review. If the last PB review took the scoring from the first uh, matrix, which was a two to a, like you said, a seven, this matrix, this media review is not going to take things much past the yeah, five. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've said that quite, quite And that's a lot why recently. I think to, to Panda's mm. point, I think to Panda's point and to PB Man's point, I think there has to be, and I think this probably coincides with FI growing the market well, you know, there has to be uh, some level of acceptance of instability while we build a product. I know to us that we are in it and we've been in it, so this is all new, but if we're 130 million and we've got a billion out there, anyone joining, you know, in two years' time isn't going to see any of this. You know, we'll have dealt with it, but they'll just come and see a new product. So Yeah, and, and we've all had, you know, fabulous returns to an extent. And so... I do have a level of acceptance that there's some instability and, you know, I have high returns because things are going to be tweaked and changed and I'll adapt to that. I just think at this very time, it feels harsh to think about changing it this summer because, you know, the people that have kept their money in, invested, placed bets, you know, with COVID in the background to kind of move them around and herd the market around feels a bit busy for me this summer. That's my kind of take. I think I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, I um, think I, I can agree with that as well. But I love, I love, but you know, but saying that, you know, when I when I to go back, when I read the paper from the guys, I do think there's some really nice pieces, and I do believe in my gut that there is a better matrix out there. But all I'm always thinking about is that risk. I don't know what the answer is because I do market research. The risk reward of, mm, of mm. disturbing the market, causing maybe some big investors to leave, the negative kind of social media aspect of that versus long term growth. So. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I would probably at least at least leave it a year. Hmm. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it in the next year and a half for me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I kind of I'd probably be along the same line of uh, ASP's timeline. Hmm. Yeah, I I do think the matrix can be better. Um, I I've just jotted down kind of some points that hmm. I I think that there are certain things you need to convince people, not necessarily like me, but people I'm thinking of. Um, that this will be a good thing longer term. I think you need, uh, this is what FI needs to come out with if they plan to change the matrix, is that it needs to be as close to perfect as possible and definitive. So that's mm. it, it's set in stone. Um, and, and people can't really argue too much with it. It reflects football much better and, and is a massive improvement on the current matrix. Um, it needs to limit hits to current bets, whether that's for a dividend increase or something like that. But it'd be great to come out with a table of, mm. for example, people are saying... Um, oh, what if Parejo wins much less and my bets hit? So to come out with a table showing the actual changes in who would have won would, to me, be important. That was missing on the last dividend review. Everybody was kind of stabbing in the dark. I think Index Day Gain had the scores under the new they, matrix. They did retrospectively. Which kind of, yeah. yeah, which kind of locked out a lot of people. Like, if you're not subscribed to Index Gain, you missed a huge chunk of like, opportunity there. Um so yeah, and, and I say opportunity because it, it did present opportunity. Like to, to be honest, for for me, like if they change the matrix, I'll be over the moon because uh, I've I would back myself to make a decent amount of money off the matrix change. Personally, um, I, I'm just thinking more of the wider kind of mm. audience is that the ability to kind of see that your bet won't get hit because remember a lot of market movements perception as well. Like you know you know what the trader base is like, where kind of a minor change. Like a player, the player goes down twenty percent for not taking the corner. 
that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know. So that if you're changing like the matrix, you need to make sure that people can actually see what the effect has, and actually, it, it might not be that bad. Like if you can show them, Crayo wins a similar amount under the new matrix. Fine. If if that's accompanied by a dividend switch, and he actually wins less, because so if you're doing both at the same time, you can kind of balance things a little bit like that, maybe. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you, PB man. And I think it's the frustrating thing. And again, that's why I'd encourage, it's not perfect, but on the second matrix that's closer to FIs, just scroll down from the top of higher scores. And I think you'll see a lot of similar names, but maybe as you said, PB man, you may find that if you have a portfolio of 25 players, one player might have a 5% less chance or 5% more chance, or it just depends on which particular day and what actions he performs. But in the mix of things with a dividend increase, I don't think it could, it can, it could be that bad. But maybe that's one thing that I don't know if we can do in the future is show a bit more about um, dividend wins because I guess that would help. Yeah, I don't, I think I don't think you want, yeah, you don't want people stabbing in the dark, basically, because that, that's mm. when overreaction and panic does happen as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, th- because I think to get this to where you want it to go, ASP and the Wallowa, um, it's a bigger jump than from the initial matrix than we have currently. But personally, if we're, if we're making it a definitive kind of, like put, putting our kind of flag in the sand and saying this is what we're going forward with forever. Well, or for the foreseeable but, but, but what? But why should football index handcuff themselves? Just thinking like PB, man. Like, you know, is there anything wrong with saying, look, this, this is the matrix and we will, con- we will be considering it or looking at it every three, four, five years. I mean, it's a, it's a way for them to make commission. It herds some money around. I mean, it's a gambling platform. It's not, a, it's not an investment where you buy a share for 20 years. I mean, is there anything wrong with a review every three years? Do you think that the negative of that would really hurt? You've complained before, Panda, about trade and announcements from FI. Yeah, but but that's because... because, because (laughs) He's using your own words against you. No, 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 I don't get that. Yeah, but that's because there's a couple of things like the um, the transfer dividend 12 days into the window and um, the super match day I thought was a little bit complex for a Friday at 5. It's just the the timing of it that I've complained about. But if there was a clear roadmap, that's what I've always wanted anyway, you know, a clear path where, you know, you can set your stall out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't just buy my players and leave them forever. And I don't want it because football changes, managers, tactics, you know, you're always going to get that, um, that kind of transient nature. But yeah, I wouldn't mind if it was every three or four years, but you'd, you wouldn't like that PB man if they said that. Uh, three or four years would probably be okay. Mm-hmm. But if there was a definitive date when it would happen. Mm-hmm. I just think like, you know, we've, we had there's there's a bit of a there is a stumbling block here where we had the new matrix launch and then within three months two three months we had massive complaints yeah yeah that's true like well not massive but certain voices have shouted loudly uh, not yeah. necessarily always constructively that <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate appreciate these guys this is this is kind of very constructive and actually trying to come up with solutions rather than just complaints is very good um but if we like it needs to be like perfect really, or as close to perfect as can be. Because if you announce that this is the matrix for the next four years, and then within two months, we're back to the square one where someone's yelling mm. about tackles or shots or. But, but I have to put my trust in football index, don't I? Or the analytics company that produced the matrix. Yeah, I would go for you that know, <laughs> that's the. I think it's just so hard. I just can't, I can't think that there's a perfect matrix out there, but you're right. It wants to be, it's got to be as close to perfect as possible use experts but i think if they locked it for three years you know the complaint i don't know if the voices on social media and the complainers 
would be as vocal if it was locked away and there was a roadmap. Because yeah, be because what would be the point of... They'd be wasting their breath. At yeah. You know, it's just all hot air. Um, whereas I think at the moment, we're getting loud complaining voices because people believe if there's a weight of movement or uh, you know, a strong social media reaction, that puts pressure on Football Index to change their structure and their system. So it's almost being rewarded. Whereas if you set out a time frame and a roadmap, then I think it kind of mitigates that to some extent. Yeah, I'd agree. I think we're kind of we're not just talking about changing the matrix here. We're talking about a whole rollout, basically, aren't we? Where the matrix yeah. is actually only a part of it, and we're talking about the communication when you do it, and I, how you do it. I think it. so. Yeah, because sometimes it feels like the tail's wagging the dog. You know, I just want want that clear structure roadmap <laughs> from them. And um... yeah, because like for me, if we're already talking about changing it, the the previous change has been ineffective because it's kind of just put a band-aid over a, a, yep. what some people see as a gaping wound um mm, mm. so yeah we, <laughs> so because it worries me because we're going to see the same we're not going to enter media but we're probably going to see the same in media aren't we oh we're absolutely you know, going to see the same we're, we're going to we're going to maybe have clean pickups of forename and surname um we're going to uh maybe have a good sentiment base where maybe some some on-field actions are more rewarded than other words we don't have victor or grant or united but the voices will be there talking about, well, we haven't got this art, we haven't got this source in Italy, or this hasn't been translated. Oh, like, it's, it's going to begin within a week of it. If they had a source, then you'll get people immediately buying the player from another country and then making a campaign for sources from that country. It's mm. kind of, yeah, and <laughs> it's probably actually harder than PV Matrix in some, some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, just on a couple of points, um, I think. I again it's really important when because I agree with what you guys are saying if people if there are people out there worried about their bets changing I think it's very easy for some people to use the word I don't mean anyone in this conversation bets changing which which kind of creates an image of a traditional bookie where you put a bet on a five to one and you're now and you now got odds of yeah 15 to one if you yeah but again if you look at the list of the players in the matrix the second one compared to current FIs it's, it's not that different. There are some changes. But the bigger point is, if you added these, say, three or four more actions, you really diminish the ability to significantly change the matrix because you've already built in most of the actions. So even if you were to add pressures or pick any you know, two or three other, it's, it's very difficult the more actions you've logged with weightings where you've got, again, most of the best players in a pretty you know, good structure of, of a matrix it's it's very difficult to shift that so again i don't think that should be too much of a concern but i do agree it's the as to pb man's point it's the finality and the execution of it and, and how it's done and how it's communicated and who it's done by which again i think is why whoever does it and this is the problem that's a bigger problem with fi in terms of transparency you know for example even on the current matrix um there are some definitions that aren't that clear i actually didn't know that a key pass included uh an assist but but even even if even if it's not to do with that the bigger thing is if there was an analytics company that were creating this they could create an sort of a letter or some sort of um piece that it basically explained you know the limitations that they were working under um and hence why particular actions look like they do because again the query now is why does this action need to be like this but if we actually understood that there needs to be this sort of rough range of uh, range of actions in this you know rough weighting um, for these reasons, and uh, ultimately we don't feel that this can be taken any further. Then at least that again kind of stops any debate. But we basically don't know now why a corner one is five points. 
yeah, that, that to be fair, that kind of hits home with me where the actions can be kind of vague. I'm, I'm actually not a huge fan of Big Chance because I feel that adds an, an element of subjectivity to things, for, for example. Um, but yeah, when, when you're kind of watching the game, I'm not sure some of the score in the current matrix, is, there's not really a good explanation anywhere, is there, um, of what stacks and what doesn't and why and how that happens. Yeah, sorry, that's what I that's what I meant when I said definitions. It's the stacks that aren't explained, yeah. and I don't think many you know customers actually understand them. No. Yeah, so you kind of again that comes down to the whole communication of it. Mm. Where mm. if you're going to have this definitive matrix, you need to have this all very clearly outlined. I, I mean, for me, I would want to be able to press on the player in play and see how they've scored their points. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Um, gents, I know we've been going on for probably an hour, 15, 20, uh, and I'm probably going to release this into the world unadulterated, un- unedited, just because uh, of timings. Are there any other uh, notes that people had jotted down that they wanted to, to raise, Panda, PB Man? Just going to look through here. Not, not that I don't think have been covered. We have covered a lot, to be fair to you. We have covered a lot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, possession value is a really interesting concept. You know, I like that because... I like the Jorginho piece that was in there. So people should look out for that. You know, Rio Ferdinand's comments on him, um, kind of quite dismissive and takes me back to the days of watching Luka Modric for Spurs or Michael Carrick and, um, you know, the Gillette soccer special guys talking about, well, he doesn't do enough. You know, does he get involved enough? Does he get enough goals? You know, I think, I think we've moved past that now. So, um, yeah, that, that, I, I like that in there. PB man, any other points to raise? Uh, I'm just looking down the notes. I scribbled mm. down very illegibly. <laughs> I've used the pencil and left-handed, so I smudged it all over the page. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what do I got written down here? Well, one thing I've put down is that, well, this is always going to be opinion-based, but like for me, some of the things the guys were scoring in their matrix, it, it, there's always going to be a point of contention there. Like they were giving it, there's like extra points for hat-tricks and things like that. I think we've actually that this actually debate was had on the timeline this season. I think it was was it Immobile and Berardi? Immobile scored a hat trick. Mm. I say one like five one, and Berardi scored a goal, and Sassuolo won one nil. Yeah, yeah, that was the like, one. stuff like stuff like that. I'm not. I struggle to see how you're going to get like the like ASP that obviously thinks that like these guys obviously think that a hat trick is should be is worthy of kind of ex- additional weight and this is just an example by the way kind of just talking about opinions uh, whereas for me scoring one goal and a one nil win beats out a hat- scoring a hat trick in a ten nil win <laughs> like that, yeah, that, so- that that's an opinion like how how do you guys think we can kind of bridge that gap yeah so just on that point again i think on the second matrix we don't have any hat trick bonus because the second matrix takes more into account um, of the striker's overall involvement through touches in the box. So I agree with you. And that's why I think there is some maybe desire for it to be in, some desire for it to be out. My personal preference, um, actually, we, we disagreed on this, I think, with, uh, with me and Oluwa doing this. My personal preference is for it not to be in because it's sort of semi-artificial. You want to be able to actually just reflect um, the, you know, the performance just on the actual actions without applying any bonuses. Um, so I'd agree with you. I think if we get into the area of importance of goals and games and actions in the context of the scores, I think that's too far personally. Mm. Uh, I agree with you on the, on the hat trick bonus point. I think um, my personal view is I'd, I prefer for it not to be in there. 
and just have a have a assessment of the performance based on you know on the actual actions I, I don't think a hat trick automatically deserves to win performance bars it's just more some of the scores you saw you know for strikers just were you know for what is a reasonably good assessment of the strikers performance maybe not totally you know they, they were criminally low when you looked at some other ones yeah see that that's where we're getting to opinions about performance but that's just that's just what i'm getting at is even if they come out with this perfect matrix then i'm going to be arguing with it <laughs> essentially um but yeah just so, kind of something to consider um mm. like how we get to the point at which where this this is kind of mostly agreed upon there is where we want it to mm. be. yeah agreed what this has done this this has done so beautifully is like it's, I, I think it's like, i think it will have opened a lot of people's eyes i think it enhances people's knowledge of it and um starts a discussion which which can only be a good thing mm, mm. i think uh, i've just read a comment uh in mm. someone that's just read it uh, who said the fact that someone is willing to analyze the data to this degree is testament to FI. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for me, that uh, <laughs> this has become like such a, an amazing grand product that, that two blokes have, have gone uh, out of the way to tirelessly create a 70 page dossier. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love an executive summary actually. That'd be good. Yeah. I think there's a few, a few shouts for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge shouts to that. Uh, well, I, I think if we've got nothing else to discuss, uh, just one more thing. Go on, Sorry, go just for everyone listening, pl- please take the time to actually click through. As Panda says, um, you know, some of the articles. In fact, all of the articles. I know it's a long read, but don't do it all in one go. Please just click through and read the articles, but also click through to the videos um, because I don't think a lot of people are clicking through from a lot of the comments I've had. That's all I wanted to say. Agree with you, ASP, and even I haven't finished them, but I strongly advise people to click through them because they're very, yeah, they're well thought out and well inserted. So take the time. Uh, well, cheers for joining me, gents. Uh, it's amazing. Oh, by the way, I think, can I just Go ask on. ASP one final question? Are you contemplating adding dividend yield to this at all? Or is it oh, too yeah. difficult? How would you possibly do it? Because that's the key for me from a gambling sort of perspective and the product. It's, is there any way to do it? Or. I think there is, but I revert to Luhalo. Yeah, you, so I think we made our data off 453 players. So to be really accurate, you'd have to get another, well, how many are there on the thing? The 2,500 more or something? Chop, chop then. Takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think this, even if also it's Also, that's, like that's FI's job. That's FI's yeah. job. Yeah, no, that's what like, I was just thinking as I said it. What am I asking you? Everything <laughs> we're discussing here should be done yeah. by them. Yeah, and a lot of things are FI's job, I was about to say. Not, not to dampen the point, but like the reason I did this <laughs> was not because I love FI, but because I find it so frustrating. Like, mm. I but again, in some points, I, I don't like FI. I think it could be so much better than it is. But again, please, you know, you can look down the list, especially on the second matrix, and get a very rough idea from the scores of competitiveness for dividends and the district, you know, the sort of mix of winners. It's not just Messi and Neymar, and mm. you know, there's not just a handful. There's a good mix. Um, but again, it's subjective. Have a look, though. That's the whole point. Have a look, and, and you see for yourself, and come up with your own thoughts. Well, uh, ASP, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, I guess this is probably the first ever FigCast roundtable, whatever you want to call it. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, at SP Football Index. But to be honest, now this task is done, I think I'll probably be laying low for a while and getting some sleep. <laughs> no shocks there. Uh, PB Man? Uh, yeah, I just, just wanted to say like, what, from f- one final time, like, what, well done to the guys. I, I really enjoyed the document, even if I disagreed with 
a lot of it. <laughs> um, and I can, I can see where I could lie. It's kind of a template document, not it's just kind of showing the kind of things that could be done, which mm. I think is interesting uh, and a good kind of starting point. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, if you want to find me, I'm at PBMan9. Once again, damn you, the other eight PB men. <laughs> um, and yeah. Cool. What a strange username to uh, <laughs> to, to to grab. Uh, I literally uh, picked it one night, and now I'm stuck with it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at least you've got a nice, tasty header that you've updated in the last few months. Looks great. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Panda. Yeah, well balanced, uh, well written. Thoroughly enjoyed it. A few, few jabs, few hooks. Few j- yeah, but ASP and Luolua have definitely um, strong chins. It turned my head a couple, to a couple of areas uh, where I didn't think it could be turned. So that's testament to them. And uh, I'll continue to read it and take my time with it because obviously it's been a bit of a rush. But um, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks you to you. Yeah, thanks. I'll be on Twitter enjoying the debate so far that this has brought about. <laughs> brilliant brilliant uh, thank you very much everyone for listening to this uh, i think i'm going to try and release it before 10 p.m today on the 30th of april so if you're up late listening then uh, yeah doing whatever you're doing i hope this doesn't bore you to sleep if you are going to listen to it in the morning then i hope this maybe wakes your brain up a little bit uh, thank you very much for listening uh, have a great day stay safe wash your hands and all that jazz social distance uh, and yeah football index is a gambling platform uh, only bet what you can afford to lose and once more thank you very much for listening cheers <laughs>